I try to accept that, man, you're just this gay guy. You're, you're the homosexual. You'll be this for the rest of your life. Just accept it. And that was not God's truth. I was watching a movie, um, and I was in my room, and while I was watching TV, the Lord speaks to me, and he says, DeAndre, son, I never had an issue with you loving men. I had an issue with you loving the wrong one. I stood there, I remember, I stood up in front of my TV, and I was like, what? And he said to me, I pursued you, and I love you. And he said, what else will they have to offer you but temporary gratification and heartbreak? Well, DeAndre, it's an honor to have you back on the channel. Uh, for people who may not know you, who maybe haven't seen the first testimony that we recorded, which was obviously your salvation testimony, uh, for people who may not have seen that, could you just introduce yourself very quickly? Yes, um, I am DeAndre Cockrell, um, and I I live in Virginia. Um, I am a native of Columbus, Mississippi. Um, and so my testimony, of course, like he said, I've been here before, um, and it's so good to be here. I'm honored. Uh, my testimony, um, I grew up in church. Um, I was the one that grew up in church. I started singing when I was five years old. I was leading worship. I was directing choir. I was singing in the junior choir. I uh, grew up around preachers. Um, I'm Pentecostal by way of background. Um, so, you know, I grew up in a church that believed in the power of the Holy Ghost. But my life began to change. Um, I was four years old, um, and a thought entered into my mind where there was a, a minister preaching at a night service. And the next thing you know, I was intrigued by this male minister. Um, these thoughts began to come into my mind. and I was confused. I didn't understand it really. And the seed began to plant toward homosexuality. And the seed grew through through the ages, through the years. Um, the next thing you know, I'm five going on six years old and I'm molested by a very close family member. And so now this seed begins to grow into me wondering of what's going on with me. You know, I go, we go from playing a game to me sitting in a chair being asked to do things that a child shouldn't. Um, the next thing you know, I'm seven and eight years old, confused. Uh, by the age of nine, I'm molested again by another close family member. But from the age of nine to 13, this molestation is repeated over and over and over again until now confusion has set in and that seed has grown. And so now I'm 13 years old watching pornography, you know, and these these thoughts and visions and dreams of guys is there. And so now I'm in high school and now in high school, I am called gay. I am looked at as that. I am seen as that by assumption. I had not told anyone that I was struggling with this. By the time I was in college, which was in the year 2005, I began to really step out into the lifestyle of homosexuality, still in church, still singing, 
still leading worship, seeing people freed, seeing the gift do great things. And through all of that, I loved God, but I was confused. I was so confused because I was struggling with something that I didn't ask for. I didn't ask to feel the things I felt. I didn't ask to experience the things I experienced. So now I'm thinking that I'm supposed to be this way. And God began to minister to me in the year 2007. In the year 2007, God um, came into my heart through actually the passing of my sister. My sister passed, and God began to minister to me his own word um, over my life. And it was beyond church. Matter of fact, the experience wasn't even at church. I was in a room, and the Lord began to let me know, you belong to me, and I love you. And to be honest, that confused me. It baffled me because I'm waiting on the hammer and the judgment. And he tells me he loves me. And in that moment, my life changed because this God loves DeAndre, who's dating men. I was about to marry one, actually. I went from having a fear of the church to seeing God in such a way of love that it caused the fear of the Lord. Not, oh, God, I'm, I'm afraid, but I experienced the love that I didn't understand because I wasn't taught that. Next thing you know, that growth began to move through the years, and I'm on fire for God, and here we are again. Mm. Now, and, and people, if, if you're watching, you can watch the entire testimony. The link would be in the description box for that first part. But just even right now, just to clarify, uh, when you said, and, and we asked, I asked this question right yeah. on the first one, <laughs> where I asked you, um, well, was God affirming you? Was was God okay with where you were as far as leading in church and then living a homosexual lifestyle, right? And just to clarify right now, and even in this testimony, mm-hmm. what was that situation like? Was God saying, it's okay, son, for you to live this lifestyle and be in the church? What was he speaking to you specifically? Oh, man, that, that moment was crazy because you would think that to hear that, right? But actually, he wasn't affirming me in the lifestyle. He was affirming his original intent. He was affirming that he loved who he created. He didn't create the lifestyle. And that love and that moment actually convicted me because here I am hearing this unconditional love. And the whole time I'm living a life that's slapping him in the face. Mm. And I used to hear the scripture, you know, when you willfully sin, you make the cross of no effect or the sacrifice of no effect. Um, And I didn't understand it really until that moment. Because in that moment, I love you didn't say, oh, so be like you are. I love you. And I I was reminded of the gospel, of the fact that he loved me so much that he became me. You know, he died on a cross for me. And... You know, I think of the scripture where it said he suffered once for all. And all of those scriptures started coming alive in that moment. And so it wasn't that he affirmed the lifestyle. It was him talking to his original intent in me. Mm. He was saying, I love DeAndre. And even if DeAndre made his bed in hell, (laughs) 
he still loved me. And so that love brought a conviction that says, Andre, this isn't you. Wow. And that's when I became. Wow. Now, DeAndre, we have been talking about this second part of your testimony since yeah. we recorded the first part. Yeah. There's a lot of things that happened yeah. after you gave your life to Jesus. Yes. One of them was a season of being on fire for God, yeah. right? And again, if, if you haven't watched, for anybody who's watching right now, if you haven't watched the first part, I highly encourage you to go back and check that out. It'll give you the foundation that then you know that you will need to then go into this conversation, um, which the link will be in the description box. But now, um, DeAndre, one of the things that you mentioned to me when we were talking about this call was the unawareness of the temptation and the struggles that come after fully surrendering to Jesus. And so take us through that, right? And and let's start with the season of being on fire for God. Mm -hmm. So you give your life to the Lord. You say, you know what? I'm going to lay this down. I don't want to live this way. What, what happened exactly after you had that moment with him? Oh, man, a journey. <laughs> a journey. It was a journey of dying to myself. Um, that's when I really began to learn how to pray. And I started to realize it wasn't just, oh, God. No, I really had to learn how to pray the word. I had to learn how to really dig into the scripture and find the identity that was created for me, not just in church, but individually. It was an identity that I still suffered with because this flesh, it was full of memory. I remember one day I was praying because I couldn't understand as delivered as I was, why when I saw a guy, I was still attracted? Why when I would see a female, I wouldn't jump for her? I didn't understand that. And I was struggling with this fight of, DeAndre, this does not mean you are not free. Because I didn't think because I wasn't raised to think that temptation doesn't mean you're not delivered. I was raised to think if you are tempted, you need to get back on the altar. I wasn't thinking about the scripture, temptation is coming to man, but God gives a way of escape. I didn't think about that. And so that wrestle began to really hunt me um, of, am I free or not? Am I yours or not? You you tell me you love me. Why is this struggle still chasing me? Why am I dreaming about this? You know, why am I dealing with this thing that is constantly asking for my attention and I'm having to tell it no? I prayed and I stayed on fire for God. I ended up going to Bible college. Wow. Really pursuing the call of my life, all my life. And it it really created a whole nother journey. Yeah. Talk to us about that, right? You go to Bible college. You're obviously still having these struggles, but all, you also love God. Yes. Right. Tola, if you could even talk to us a little bit more about that, about that new love 
that mm. you found in God? How was that like? Man, um, worship was like, it, it became so real. Like, I didn't, you know, we have the praise teams in church and stuff. Um, I didn't have to go in church and wonder if I wanted to praise God. I didn't care how I felt. It was it was the realest, most genuine place for me to just lift my hands, not just in church. I would be in my apartment. I would be at my parents' house running and skipping and jumping because— of the love of God and of the reality of who God is. And so through the pain and through the suffering of the temptation in my flesh, it began to teach me how to war. But honestly, it also exposed how weak I was Mm. in my humanity. There were some things that praise and prayer needed also for me to talk. I didn't want to talk through certain things. I didn't want to open my mouth and, and, and express certain secret struggles because now people are looking at me and they're like, that's the free DeAndre. This DeAndre is free. And so those struggles begin to ask for my attention and in private I would be crying and depressed. But then every time God would remind me of how present he is and it became so real. You can tell me that he wasn't real because of that, but I still suffered. Now, DeAndre, you went into a season because of this is struggle. You uh, went into a season of one getting into a relationship with yeah, a woman, yeah. Um, and then other things happen after that. But I, I want to touch on that first, yeah. because you're having this struggle, but mm-hmm. then you get into a relationship. So, yeah. take us through that. How did that happen? Where did those feelings even, you know, how did they come about? Yeah. What, what was happening there? Yeah. Um, so I'm in Bible college at the time. Um, crazy experience. Um, I was at um, World Harvest Bible College in Columbus, Ohio, under Pastor Rob Parsley, uh, one of my role models in the kingdom and in the gospel. And during that time as a student, I met this this young lady, um, amazing, right? We became friends. I, we used to sing together. We were on the worship team together. And we ended up going on a date. And it was amazing because she understood. She knew the struggle. She knew everything I dealt with. I shared it with her because I felt like I was able to be vulnerable there. But I didn't think about the fullness of attraction. I was attracted to the mind, the person, the personality, the beauty, but the attraction that a man feels for a woman, I didn't understand because I've never really felt that. And so in that moment, I'm like, this is real. It's the realest thing I ever felt. And so I go into this relationship after a few months of friendship, and it was in, it was late, it was the latter of 2011. The issue was her parents didn't like me. Her family felt like I was still a homosexual. People around me were wanting, trying to affirm me as a man and as a person to say, DeAndre, you don't need this. Like, you're good. You're on fire for God. You love God. Stay. Just, just be still. And I didn't want to do that because I was in love. Hmm. I was in love. I was, when really I was 
now that I realize it and looking back, I was really infatuated by the emotion of someone carrying me. But I wasn't what I thought love was. Um, but at that time, I didn't know that, right? Um, and so we were in a relationship. We are going and we are singing. I was actually one of her background singers um, for a project that she did. You know, we were there and we were loving on each other, but I was still struggling. I was still struggling. And so I would talk to her about different emotions. We would deal with different things, but I wasn't moving and I was going to marry her. And we were in a relationship for a few years, actually, almost three. And within that time, we broke up. After we broke up, we got back together. And within this time, people are still saying, people that are close to me and love me and see where it was going, people were still saying, DeAndre, you don't need it. You are who you are in God. Um, but at this time, you know, I was told by preachers and different people and friend groups even that, bro, you need marriage. You know, if you don't get married, man, you're such a man who loves and you're supposed to be a father and all of these different things. And because I was told that and I wanted approval, I wanted affirmation that that's what I was going after. And it really drastically changed. We broke up, got back together. And after we got back together, we were together for a while. And she then breaks up with me two days after my birthday. And this breakup was hard because she broke up with me and I found out she was actually talking to another guy at the same time. Mm. And of course the enemy used that and that was the open door. And now my journey shifts. In 2013, I went on this journey where I then tell God, if this is what being in a opposite sex or heterosexual relationship is like, I don't want it because I felt betrayed because I put myself out there. And when I put myself out there, the person that I put myself out there to wasn't able to handle the fullness of me when actually I wasn't able to handle me either. So how could I expect them to handle it? But I didn't realize that at the time. And so I backslide because of the hurt and the betrayal. I leave this delivered DeAndre behind and I walk away from God for a period of time. It really brought a lot of disgruntlement. I was bitter, I was angry. I was angry with God because I felt like God allowed me to go into this when that actually wasn't the truth. <laughs> it wasn't the truth, but I was like, God, you let me go into this. You know, that's that's sometimes what I would do myself personally. I would blame God for decisions that I made that I knew he was telling me not to make. And because of that, for six months, I strayed away from him. And, yeah. What, what did that look like for you when you say you backslid, when you strayed away? Excuse me, I'm trying not to cry. Um... I tried to go back to dating men because it was easier, it was comfortable. I answered to what my flesh felt. And so on the inside, even though on the inside, I could feel the pull of God. And he was like, DeAndre, this is not you. DeAndre, this is not you. And I'm still going, cause I'm like, I'm not listening. 
I'm not listening. Because I was so angry. I was so angry. And throughout that time, my manhood was so shot, right? So I'm growing in my manhood before this relationship. I'm growing in the Lord before this relationship. And I allowed this relationship to become manhood for me when that's not what God wanted. Um, that relationship became a part of my identity when that's not what God wanted. And so when that relationship tore, it tore my perspective of myself. And so here I am, the DeAndre that loves God, the DeAndre that worships. I didn't sing for a while. I didn't lead worship. I didn't preach. I didn't do anything. I would still go to church because I grew up in church. I'm, I'm a church boy. So I still went to church, but I was there lost. I was dark. I was depressed. Actually, I went into a season of a heightened addiction to pornography because here I am with my manhood shot. And so because of that, my outlook towards me to be with a woman wasn't there, but I didn't even feel like I was worth being with a man either. I felt like I was just better to be alone. I didn't feel lovable. I didn't feel worth it. I didn't feel helpful. I didn't feel like I had meaning. And so I walked away from everything I knew. Even the God that told me he loved me didn't look like he loved me to me. Throughout that six months, I was on chat lines. I was trying to find guys, but I was I would always turn them down. <laughs> I would always turn it down because, again, it was that part of me that had experienced such a level of God, but also the struggle between am I even worth it? And it was warring with one another. And so I tried to accept that, man, you're just this gay guy. You're, you're the homosexual. You'll be this for the rest of your life. Just mm. accept it. And that was not God's truth. And so he met me within that six-month period. I was watching a movie. Uh, excuse me. It's okay. I was watching a movie, um, and I was in my room. And while I was watching TV, the Lord speaks to me and he says, DeAndre, son, I never had an issue with you loving men. I had an issue with you loving the wrong one. And I stood there. I remember I stood up in front of my TV and I was like, what? And he said to me, I pursued you. I love you. And he said, what else will they have to offer you but temporary gratis gratification and heartbreak? Mm. And in that moment, of course, all of the resistance was still coming. I still experienced emotion. Like, my emotions were very heightened. Um, I was like, God, what if I fail you again? What if I walk away? What if I destroy my reputation again? Because this was a public fall. So I, I didn't fall privately. I fell publicly. And so the DeAndre that was known for worship and preaching is now being talked about um, 
by even friends um, who had the right intent, I guess. Things, even things that I did not say or did not show were being spoken of. But I thank God for my family. I thank God for my friendships. Um, my best friend, Andrew Bush, who God used to really walk me through that season. Um, my parents, um, who God used to really walk through me, walk me through that season. And my old pastor, who is still my brother and my mentor to this day, he saw it. I talked to him, and he didn't throw me away. He just walked with me through it. And it was difficult, but coming to the moment and the encounter with God, in that moment, everything that I remembered from the first encounter was even better. Because now God says something to me where I couldn't resist that truth. And, yeah. Now, DeAndre, when you mention your pastor, your friends, the people that walked with you in that season, what did that look like? Accountability, um, prayer. Man, <laughs> um, there were times that I would show my best friend pictures of the guys that would try to talk to me, and he didn't shun it. He looked at it and said, oh, okay. And I remember he would say things like, I just know who you are. I know who you are. I know where you're going. I know this is not your end. And I would just be like, okay, because I had again accepted that this is me. And my mom and my dad would just pray. There were times I would walk through the door of the house and my dad would just lay hands on me. Wow. <laughs> and he would pray. Um, my mom would swallow herself and allow me to have certain conversations with her about how I was feeling. And I remember standing on the step of my pastor's porch, having a real conversation with him. And his words were, this makes me even more excited about the anointing on your life. And I was confused, honestly, because I'm like, y'all are talking about an anointing, and I'm sitting here telling you I'm staying with men. But God apparently and inevitably, I'm sitting here, had a different plan, <laughs> had a different plan. And so I'm grateful for those people. I really am. DeAndre, talk to us about the season that followed after that. Um, oh, man. Um, so now you're single again. Yeah. Now you're with God again. Yeah. Life shifted. Life shifted. I really began to actually walk in, in the fullness and the reality of my calling after. The crazy thing is didn't, no one trained me to walk in it, but I really begin to prophesy more. I begin to lead worship and the prophetic word of the Lord would come on me or I would be preaching and God would move and I would begin to see issues on people and different things. And I've seen my whole life, but it was from a different place because I walked around now knowing that I serve a God who is inevitably, unwaveringly in love with me. 
I live now from this image of the cross was him proposing. Mm. And it's like, DeAndre, that's kind of far-fetched. No, because that's, we are the bride of Christ. And so he showed me that from that place to introduce me to a love that was beyond what a human could give. And it broke and shattered the perspective of a waning manhood. My manhood was no longer in a man or a woman. My manhood was in the identity that God created me to be. That's when I began to see the truth of he made them male and female. That's when I began to see the truth of if I ever got married, if I ever stepped into that, this is his promise to that. Mm. And But more than anything, his promise to me was eternal life. His promise to me is that I could have fulfillment. His promise to me is that I could live a life with joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, gentleness. And so the fruit of the Spirit became really real to me. And after that, that began to give me a life of mercy to the point now even now I'm showing people mercy, people that go through things, people that would fall. If they would get thrown away by someone else, I felt like it was not my responsibility to show them the beauty of the strength and the mercy of God. Mm. And it's so real, man. Mm. It's so real. And I I begin to experience that where now Jesus is saying stuff to me like, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And it's real to me now instead of hearing a preach, preach it. You know, I'm seeing it because he didn't leave me there. You know, and so I had, I guess you could say, a prodigal son experience where his arms were open wide for me and I ran into his arms and he's been carrying me ever since. Hmm. Now, DeAndre, I want you to clarify really quick when you talk about, uh, and correct me here if I'm wrong, but uh, the engagement through the cross. Yeah. Talk to me about that revelation. What exactly, for people may, who may not understand mm-hmm. the Bride of Christ and all of these different terminologies, mm-hmm. right, that we know, but for people who may not understand that, what exactly was God showing you about His love towards you through the cross? He made an open statement that He loved me. And I think about the scripture that says, you know, how it ties to even Christ's with church and marriage, and how he tells husband to love that that wives as Christ loved the church, how he gave himself for her. And that's how he showed it to me. Like, I gave myself for you. He stripped himself of his own royalty to make sure that I could become royal, to make sure that I would become rich, to make sure that I was taken care of. And so I didn't have to depend on a person. My dependence became him. And there, he said, DeAndre, will you forever live with me? That's basically what it was to me. Will you forever accept, not just that I love you, but will you come on this journey and see what that love looks like? Mm. And I accepted it. I accepted that invitation to accept the love that was given to me even before, he said, even before the foundations of the world. This is a love that was chosen for me. And so I didn't choose him. <laughs> he chose me. Before I said yes, after I said yes the first time, and then saying yes again, because I, I eventually said no. But saying yes now, 
And this love is so real, man. And so that's what it meant for me. Mm. Now, DeAndre, you mentioned uh, marriage and God showing you the original design, the purpose of marriage, right? Men and women. And uh, you actually got to experience this. Um, And there was something that God taught you there as well. Take us through it. And obviously, this is something that um, um, also recently happened. So um, you don't have to share a lot of details. That This in itself could be a whole different um, (laughs) part. And we can do that later on the line. But just to further show people what God can do in someone's life. Tell us about that. What led you to that decision? And uh, and tell us about the marriage and what happened there. Yeah. So in my season of singleness, uh, in the year of 2016, I transitioned to another ministry um, by the leading of the Lord. And my pastor knew already, actually. Um, so when I talked to him, the Lord had already shown him. And um, there in that ministry, which is a ministry that I forever honor. Um, It's a ministry where actually my spiritual father and mother um, lead the ministry, Kingdom Vision International Church back in Mississippi. There, my mentor for, at the time, 11 years is a member. Um, And we, we were very close. I used to, she was like a mom to me at first. And we were very close. And so she walked through this journey with me of this while I was going through the singleness, like the manhood, the accepting my reality and identity in Christ. And all of a sudden, as we are getting closer and closer and closer, people are seeing this closeness (laughs) and people are now saying, oh, y'all are going to be together. I see it. It was now becoming a prophecy, right? Um, And here I am still walking out this journey of becoming and this journey of growing in DeAndre's identity. Here I am again because of my timidity, because of the, the passivity that I grew up in, because of the lifestyle I came out of. I'm now accepting this because now all we gotta I get approval from my father because I didn't realize that he already approved of me. I was my dad's only biological son. Um, he raised me and my siblings very well, but I'm the only one that's biologically his. Um, and he wanted me to have a family because he wanted to carry on his legacy, but I didn't realize how it was okay if he didn't. Hmm. I didn't realize that. All I knew in my ear was that I'm gonna have family, and I'm gonna have a wife. And so now we're getting close, people are telling us we're gonna be together, and the next thing you know, we end up on a date. At first, it started as us, you know, playing a game with people, like we were, you know, Making people think, because we just got tired of people saying we were going to be. So at first it was that. It was like, hey, you know, you guys just, we just praying about what's going to happen. But actually we ended up going on a real date. Um, We ended up talking. We ended up building trust with one another. And it was easier because, you know, she loved me. She cared for me. She understood me. 
I could be as vulnerable as I needed to be. And so the next thing you know, here I am, a couple of months after us starting to date, I proposed in February of 2017. I proposed. After that, we marry in the same year, some months later, August 12th of 2017. And the wedding was amazing, but immediately after, I entered into a very strong depression. A very strong depression because I enjoyed the wedding process. I enjoyed my friend. I enjoyed my companion. But I didn't count the cost for the marriage. I didn't count the cost of being a husband. I've seen people be husbands. I've studied about marriage. But in my own heart, I did not count the cost of being a real husband to a real wife because I was still on my journey of being happy with me. Mm. And here I am running this course with this amazing woman who was amazing, but because I hadn't grown in the fullness of the capacity of who I am in God and in my identity fully, it stifled me and her because as a husband, I was responsible for my wife. And so there were moments she felt uncovered. There were moments she didn't feel like she could be. And we had we didn't have a bad marriage. Like she, we would laugh, we would talk, we would go places. We loved watching TV together. Um, it was just, it was a real marriage, but it was not complete. And I suffered because of it. She suffered because of it. And we ended up having to have a real honest conversation about where we were. And of course, I initiated the conversation because I saw the damage that I was doing. No, I didn't cheat. No, I didn't. I didn't go back to my old lifestyle. It was the issue of interrupting a process that I didn't count the cost of adding someone else to it. Mm. And in adding her to it, I added her to it prematurely. And it broke her and me. And so we had a conversation of separation. And in the year of 2019, we decided to separate. And eventually we decided to divorce. Um, And it was difficult. It was difficult. It was not easy. I lost friendships. I lost my reputation. Um, I didn't feel connected to even ministry anymore. I felt like a muster on the inside because of this. And instead of running back to my lifestyle in the past, I ran to him. Because I remembered the Jesus that caught me where I was. And so in the depression, in the process of the separation of divorce, which feels like death, divorce has its own level of grief. And the enemy was screaming in my ear, go back to what you know. But I knew if I went back to that, number one, there was nothing to go back to, but wages that I would have to pay that would eventually equal to death. Because living a lifestyle ulterior to God, I realized 
it was a painful price that I refused to pay ever again. Not after tasting of that love. So I ran into that love. Though people thought I was cold because from the outside I was functioning. From the outside people saw me living my life. But no one knew that I cried in my parents' arms. No one knew that I would shut myself in a room and cry. No one knew that I would run to God. And that's when I really began to experience the beauty of sacrificial worship. That's when I really begin to experience the scripture that says, offer the sacrifice of praise. Because it became a sacrifice because I would have to say, Lord, you are good, but I didn't feel like anything around me was good. And I would go places and men would try to approach me. And because of the reality of the love of God and the testimony God gave me, I didn't even feel the need to be caught up in that. I felt the need to run, run to him. And it wasn't out of fear. It was out of knowing what I have with him. Um, And so now I'm here. Now I'm here. um, I'm single. And I started to realize that I don't need marriage to finish my testimony. My testimony was finished on the cross. And in my acceptance, man, and in my yielding, to God, into that reality, into that redemption. It gives me the life that I can walk in. I'm also not afraid if marriage was to come again, right? And I don't oppose it. I did, because I was angry. (laughs) I was angry with myself. I was afraid. But now I'm free. And I don't have to look at myself as, oh, man, you're missing out on life if you're not married. I have life in that abundantly because I have him. And if a woman shows up, I'll know then I'll have marriage because I want it. But right now, I just want to fulfill my destiny. And so here we are. Now, DeAndre... For people who may say, well, you should have fought for that marriage, (laughs) right? You, that was God's will. You shouldn't have done that. And though we understand the complications of uh, um, marriage and how God feels, how strongly he feels towards marriage. But for those people who are saying, man, you should have stayed in there. You should have fought for it. God could have done it. What can you say to those people? Number one. I don't negate that, you know. However, his redemption for me was so powerful even from that, that number one, it was a hard decision. I didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I want a divorce. I woke up realizing even what comes with it, actually. I knew that, okay, DeAndre, you do this, you're going to go through because of, you know, our take on the scripture of divorce and how we understand that. But again, that decision wasn't made out of a selfish place. That decision was made out of a place where I knew I was causing damage in a place that I wasn't complete. And I'm going to be honest, 
and this is something that the people listening can take that would question that. If you're not complete in that area, in your lifestyle, in who you are, I'm not talking about homosexuality or lesbianism. I'm talking about as a person, as a man of God or as a woman of God, in your identity fully with who you are by yourself. No man or woman will be able to help you heal in that. It will take God. And for me, because I didn't count the cost, that depression grew and grew and grew and grew, and it was making her depressed. It was making her angry. It was hurting her. It was making her feel less of a woman when she was beautiful. She was amazing. And I'm honest enough to say that. I'm not a coward who will be like, oh, man, I did it because I wanted to. No. I did it because I knew that if I did it, I would be lying to myself, to her, to people, because our marriage became the people's marriage. People were excited to see us because of what we looked like outside. But inside, we were not okay. We were not happy. And no matter how much I I was pulling and pushing to become this husband she needed, that was a deeper thing. And it was being satisfied within me. Because if you're not satisfied as a person, you can't satisfy another one. And so for me, People have actually said that. People have said, you should have fought for it. But one thing I had to realize is, you're not in my shoes or hers. And the damage that it was already done, fighting for it, it would have caused more damage, honestly, because I would have been fighting for it dishonestly. And I would have rather to be honest with God and lose this marriage and grow in him and walk in his truth and take on whatever I had to take on than to keep her in something just for the sake of my own selfishness. So I hope that answered the question. Yeah. DeAndre, in your season now walking with God uh, in singleness once again, mm-hmm. how is Jesus being Jesus in your life today? <laughs> My best friend, man, my best friend, um, I'm amazed, honestly, at the friendship I have with God um, to the point of this very shirt I have on. Like, I was going to wear something else, and he was like, you should wear that. And it was amazing because I'm like, I forgot you actually do talk to me like that, <laughs> you know, and it's it's that friendship. It's that everyday walk to wake up with the breeze of his presence and that's not a wind in sight to wake up knowing that he's with me and to wake up knowing that he wants to satisfy me and that I can be satisfied in him. My life is not stuck. My life is not stifled. My life is not at a halt, but I'm moving. I'm building. I'm a life coach now, which is something that I've heard for years, but I was so afraid of it because I didn't know who I was. And I can be who I am. And so now looking at life, Jesus is, he's my everything, man. He's my everything. And I honestly get to experience him in ways that are so real, even when temptation comes. Because I get faced with temptations. Uh, The temptations to go back still come. 
The temptations aren't absent just because of my walk with God. I stopped thinking that, oh, since I'm delivered, the temptation leaves. Since I'm delivered, I have the power to respond to the temptation. And I have the right perspective. And so it feels good to be free, man. Mm. That's right. Uh, DeAndre, for for people who uh, maybe have come out of that lifestyle, and we've actually been been sharing a couple of testimonies of people who recently come out of living a, a same-sex attraction or, or homosexual lifestyle. Yeah. For those people who are in that process and are dealing with the temptation, and uh, or maybe are on fire for God and don't even know about the temptation that's coming or the struggles that are coming, what is a word of encouragement that you can give them right now who are watching? Stay with the Lord. Don't stop yielding to Him. Even in the face of temptation, and even those of you who are struggling with it already, remember what He spoke to you. Remember His words. And also allow yourself to heal. Don't be afraid to confront it. He's, he's not afraid, neither is He caught off guard by how you're feeling. He knows where you are. And he pursues you right there. He pursues you right there. Don't do what I did and, and go away for six months because of what you feel. Walk with God and allow him to, because there's a beauty in it. There's a beauty even within the temptation because I learned in my process that temptation is an invitation to be in closer with him. You get to see God in a more beautiful way. And so, and even those of you who are struggling and you don't even feel like God loves you, I promise you it's not the truth. He loves you so much, and he knows who he created you to be. And in your process and in your seek of him, he's going to reveal to you the truth of who you are. And I promise you it's beautiful. Promise you. DeAndre, for people who are connecting with the season of marriage. And one thing that you mentioned often was counting the cost. Yes. So so for people who maybe are in that process, um, practically, what, what does it look like, at least from your perspective and from what you've experienced, um, what does it look like to count the cost? Know where you are as a person. Can you add someone else to your process at this moment? I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, physically. And those of you that know what I mean when I say physically. Intimately, can you actually add someone else to your process? And one thing about marriage is just like salvation. Of course, you have the point where, you know, we say you'll never be ready to come to God. But the truth is, you know when you're ready because you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. It's actually the same with marriage. Make sure that the tug towards marriage is from a genuine place, from an authentic place, and it's not just from what you want, but can you handle someone else's heart? Can you cover someone else's story? Can you carry someone else's life? If those three things are not your intent, marriage is not time yet. Because marriage is bigger than you. 
It is a sacrifice of self. It is selfless love. It is the greatest depiction of the fullness of love from, from the agape love to phileo to every level of love language. And so that expression is powerful when you allow yourself to mature. And it doesn't mean you are perfect. It doesn't mean you don't need to grow. It doesn't mean you don't need to heal. But you have to make sure you are ready to carry another person's story, to cover another person's life, and to be responsible to walk with that person. Marriage is bigger than you. It is. Amen. DeAndre, for people who may say to uh, may say as they're watching, well, it seems like you've been struggling from this lifestyle. And, and this just means that you were probably born this way and you are just <laughs> fighting your, your, what you were born to be, mm -hmm. which is a, a homosexual, mm -hmm. to like men, to be mm -hmm. married to a man. And mm -hmm. that's where you'll find your, your happiness and what mm -hmm. you're looking for. For those people who may be saying that to themselves, from your other side, you've been through both sides, right? Yes. What can you say to that person yes. who is doubting your identity? I'm number one. I'm happy. Okay. There's number one. <laughs> I'm happy. Um, I was born actually separated to God. Um, my parents had an encounter when I was younger that stated I belonged to him. To the point where the glory of God fell in the room as a shining light. And God let them know he belongs to me and no one else. So I've been set apart really by his divine grace since before I was formed. And so honestly, now yes, I get I have the option to be married to a woman if I want. And if I desire, because I've already been open to that. But actually, my grace is to really walk with the Lord. I don't depict my deliverance from infatuation, feeling, or culture, okay? And so those of you who are wondering, and even towards yourself, well, how can I be free? Your temptation does not tell you you're free or not. What you feel in this flesh, flesh has memory. Flesh remembers your experiences. So what you have to really do is allow yourself to really allow God to reveal that truth to you. And it's not your truth, it's his. And his truth becomes your truth. And I had to realize that because that was me. I was like, I'm living my truth. No, I'm living my truth now because it's the truth from his original intent for me. I'm not disgusted with myself. I don't look at myself and be like, oh, you were born this way. No. And even if I felt like I was born this way, the scripture says be born again. Why? Because we were all born into sin anyway. Whatever that sin is, whether it's alcoholism, addiction, sexual, it doesn't matter, right? We were born into sin, shaping and iniquity. So, yes, I was born in sin, but I was born again. And so now my story has changed. So that will never be my story again. It's a part of his story. And I'm glad to be able to tell it. DeAndre, any last words for the people who are watching on the other side of the screen? God loves y'all, man. He loves you right where you are. 
but let that love become so real that it wakes up to truth. The Bible says you will know the truth and it'll make you free. And again, this isn't my truth or your truth. It's his truth becoming your reality. Let him show you your reality. I promise you it's beautiful. And that's all I have. Amen. Lastly, DeAndre, could you just pray for people yes. um, who may be struggling in these areas yes. that you have spoken about today? Father, in the name of Jesus, I first of all pray for healing. I pray, God, that these people, whoever the viewers are, will come into a reality of your healing power, your redemptive power, and your restoring power. May they see you for who you really are. That will cause them to see them for who they really are. Even now, as these words have went forth, I speak to any lie that will come into their minds. I speak to anything that the enemy will tell them that doesn't belong to them. Abundant life belongs to them. Father, may they see it, may they experience it, and may they live it in Jesus' name. Amen.